Everybody has some sort of wisdom in this life, right? Apparently. <laughs> hey, man. If it's good, like I said, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Like, glean what you can and throw away the rest. Yeah, so we got the co-host of the Remnant podcast. Yes, sir. So what's your side of the story? It seems like you were the master mastermind behind the whole thing. I wouldn't say the mastermind. Uh, yes, it was. Okay, okay, okay. So the idea for the podcast that came around um, way uh, a while. Actually, me and Louis were talking about it on the ride over here. It came along a long time before I even met Louis, and I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know what it was going to sound like. I didn't know the structure. I didn't know anything about anything, bro. Like when I'm telling you, I didn't know anything about anything. I bought like this cheesy like mixer with these like nasty cables. Uh, Pastor Shalom. Because the dude sold you at Guitar Center or what? No, actually it was on offer. On on offer, but I was just like YouTubing like how to start a podcast. And they're like, you just need this, this, and this. So I was like, all right, cool. So I want to go buy that stuff. And um, it just didn't seem like something in me of like, I mean, hindsight being 2020, I know that it was just God saying like, no, you're not supposed to do it by yourself. So I like kept hesitating, kept like just procrastinating on doing the podcast, and then um, you know me and Louis linked up, and we just uh, you know developed our friendship. And then one one day after the men's group Saturday morning, we we're just swapping stories, and I'm like, "This is it! Like this is what we're talking about." Because in the men's group, we're talking about stuff that you know men generally don't talk about because they're scared of vulnerability because through culture. We're taught that vulnerability is a weakness, when that in actuality is a strength. And culture, you mean like the Mexican culture? Mexican culture, men culture, men, right? men culture, yeah. United States culture. Like if you're vulnerable, you're weak. Hmm. And so we're swapping stories and like, dude, let's do a podcast. And um, so then me and Louis were like, okay, this record like this, and that turned out not so well. It turned out garbage, and we lost some footage and. We did it. <laughs> it takes you know, a couple tries. Like you just right. you're gonna set up a camera and that's it. And that's it. And just talking, it's gonna talk, come together. It. It's gonna be a hit. And so then um, we we invested into some equipment and um, yeah, we got blessed with the studio. And then we recorded that. And they were like, "Man, the lighting's really crappy in here. We need to do something about that." And then um, we got some lighting and you know. What about the thumbnails, reels, and, and social media? And I'm like, there's a lot more to, to doing a podcast oh, than yeah, just yeah. recording and throwing it up there and making, you know, seeing if somebody gets it. But for us, it's like, uh, which, I, which I love about Louis is like he just ran with it not knowing what the full picture was because I didn't even know what the full <laughs> picture was. He was just ready to go. Yeah, yeah and, uh, I respect and like, it. ah, let's do it. I was like, all right, cool. And so as it started to develop, it was like, man, this is the stuff that a lot of people don't get to talk about at church. A lot of pastors, for the majority of the pastors, don't get a chance to talk about it from the from the platform, from the pulpit, because they really don't have the time to unpack it for everybody all that once. It's not a five-minute conversation right. or a short uh, tangent, right? It, and, and it so, requires thought, response, because everybody's story is different. And it's just unpacking, like unpacking these uh, experiences, these feelings, these uh, this the wisdom that you you get and don't have, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out like how do I go about it. 
So that, that's where that came from. What's the, uh, what's the thought process to go in be, behind the topics? Like one of the recent ones was uh, you had your pastor on, but right. I think the first one was, uh, or second one was Church Hurt, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, no, that was our, our third episode was Church Hurt. Third one. Okay. The, our, our number two episode was uh, The Lord Told Me It Was You, or You're the One for Me. And that one, that was pretty fun because I, I got to share uh, me and Allie's story on that one. But, so uh, how to, So this is meaning like uh, God told, like uh, God told me you're the one for me. You're gonna be my spouse. Wow. Is, yeah. that what, is that what God told you? Well, God told her because she apparently <laughs> had a very specific prayer, and uh, you know she had a she had a vision. She oh dude, did she ever look okay. at you over here fulfilling yeah. fulfilling dreams, man? There you go. Here we are. Talk about prayers coming to pass. You know. <laughs> But, uh, she knows she hit the jackpot. You can see it. <laughs> I hit the jackpot. On that <laughs> yeah, one. yeah, yeah. No, that, uh, likewise. So my wife. The, the really, I don't want to say there isn't a thought process, but the majority of the topics that we come up that we have come up with that we talk about is through prayer. Mm. And it's like allowing the Holy Spirit just to work through and like, okay, we got to talk about this, like our experiences with that, or. Even if we're on a learning curve, like, oh, this is what we've been learning. And, you know, just taking it from there. And you said you guys have people coming up to you. And because me and uh, me and Louie were talking about it, is like through our, our experiences, you know, other people can learn and vice versa. We can right. learn from other people. But again, if you're not like making the time to talk some, to somebody, right. and it's not necessarily like, Having to be at a church or talk about like church things, just right. like life in general, right? Like, well, it's a, it's a twofold. Look up from there. So yeah. it's not just the church thing, but being able to apply what we learn through the Word of God in the practical sense, right? Because we could throw all these Christian knees behind it. What well, does it look like? Yeah, like oh, well, the Bible says, "Thou shalt seek and shall find." <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's true, but how am I? How am I supposed to seek? How am I supposed to think it when I find it? How do I know that I found it? I don't know. It's not just me coming up with whatever right. I want to hear or somebody else's outside voice. And uh, that's what our pastor had mentioned in our last episode that is through discipleship. You know, what does discipleship look like? And for to a certain extent, that's what we've seen happen with it's ha- is happening with this podcast is mm-hmm. an extension of, of discipleship because now it's like, Hey, I was thinking that, but you said it out loud. So, you know, her, that makes me feel better because I'm not the only one thinking it. Like, yeah, it's true. And so, like, uh, for me, I've had a lot of people come up to to me and talking about our our other episode, which was uh, forgive and forget. They're like, oh, that's you know that forgiveness one, man. That one really you know touched me. I was like, yeah, man. Like, I'm now like, oh, you know. It's like, it's all God, and thank you for that. We really do appreciate it, but I know I've heard Louis say it before, too. It's like, that's what gets us going, you know? Like, let's make another one. Let's make another one. And that's how you know, like, it's you're taking a step in the right direction, right? right. Or just floating in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, uh, people say, oh, you know, you're going deeper with God. Yeah, that means you, when you go deep, if you go deep enough, you're not gonna feel the you're not gonna feel the ground. You're just gonna be floating, 
it almost feels awkward because you're like, am I going in the right direction or not? But you have to have the faith to believe that God is taking you in the right direction. You know what I mean? And that's what we've seen with this thing. We've seen with the podcast, is like, it's going in the right direction. So how do you fit this into, you have uh, a wife and a son, right? Or a wife and a kid. Right. Like, how do you fit this into, it is work. So what does this look like? And it's, is your wife down with it? 100%. There's nothing, there isn't anything that a man should be able to do that his, his wife isn't backing him up 100%. So before we even actually started recording anything, um, I had sat down with Allie and like, this is where the Lord's leading us. And, but I didn't know time management, which is, that's the second thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you sit down and have the competition with your, with your wife, like, Hey, this is what, where the Lord's leading us. Second thing, time management, what is it going to look like? Well, it's like, it just explaining that, okay, this, this is the date that we're going to record. We're going to start recording at this time. I don't know what time we're going to be done. You know? So you got to make sure as a man that you take care of your stuff before that time comes where you have to go put in work for that thing. Right. You know, I know uh, in general in culture, it's like, oh, you got to grind it out. Like everything else goes to the side. Like, no, you got to grind it out. Be a husband, be a father, be present and, you know, and, and do X, Y, and Z at the same time. It's like a, it's a juggling act, right? Trying to do everything at once. Do you ever feel like... It's balance. That's, yeah. Balance. balance. <laughs> do you ever feel like it's uh, out of balance? Of course. Well, I'd be lying if I told you it wasn't off of well, That's balance. what I'm trying to figure out, man. Some people <laughs> I, act like they I can, I can sit here and tell you like everything's perfectly balanced. I have a, a perfect amount of time with my wife, a perfect amount of time with my, my husband. <laughs> no, it ain't that kind of podcast. <laughs> Uh, perfect amount of time with my my son, and you know, I'm I'm grinding it out. Like no, it, it's imperfect. Which that's what makes it perfect, because in this imper- in it being imperfect, God works through it all. Mm. And it's it's how can I say it's a beautiful thing because it's a journey. Right. It's a whole journey in itself that makes it imperfect but makes it balanced all at the same time. Heck yeah, man. What's next? How do you guys, uh, are you just going to see what happens as you go along? Do you guys have like a little progression? Or? Well, it's definitely going to progress. Um, what direction it's going to go in? It's going to go big. How it's going to look like? I have no idea. <laughs> when is it going to happen? I have a feeling it's going to be soon. And it's just gonna keep going the way it's going, man. Like until God says stop, we'll stop. And I don't know if I asked you, but what what led to seeking out another church? Um, if you li- if you listen to our our church trip podcast, <laughs> I kind of revisited some of the stuff that uh, me and Ali uh, kind of went through, uh-huh. which led us to seeking out another church. Okay. And it was in that that uh, we ended we ended up at City Reach. Give me the uh, give me the synopsis, <laughs> or give us the synopsis of. Um, so, what do you define church hurt as? Being being let down, being hurt in the sense where you're emotionally hurt, because um, 
you the people that you thought were gonna have your back as far as like leadership mm-hmm. didn't in the moment that you needed them the most. So in the in that one moment where you fall short and you you really are hoping that the one that those people that are leading you, teaching you, are gonna lend their hand to pick you back up and to say, now nah, figure it out and then come back. That's the part that hurt. That's the part that was like, oh man, what do we do now? But we didn't just up and leave like right away. Uh, for us, it was a lot of praying, but we did did feel that that season was coming because in our transition time from our old church to to the church that we're at now, it was a whole year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like because uh, we didn't want to leave on an emotional term. We didn't want to leave just because you're like, nah, I don't bump this. I didn't want us here no more, so we're gonna go check somewhere else out. It was more like a. I'm listening. Let me go. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) We want to make sure that it was was done correctly. Even though for us, our journey didn't start off too correctly. I mean, for most of your audience, they probably don't know that me and Ali have been married for seven years and our son is seven years old. So do the math. Listen, man, I'm laughing because I'm far from perfect, but no one's perfect. I think I, I think a lot of people, as much as you say it, like a, a lot of people don't understand that that's the case, right? Nobody's yeah. perfect. Huh. I don't know what's going on with the, the water system, man, but uh, we'll just do this. For sure. So you feel like you guys feel you're at home now? Oh, for sure. Another one. Yeah, we're we definitely feel we're at home. We definitely feel like we're being used mightily, and definitely moving in such a direction that you know, it. What's going on at SC Reach is definitely something that's very unique. I don't want to say that uh, no church is doing it mm-hmm. or is happening in the church, but it's very far few between, and it's great to see. It's very humbling to know that you're, we're a part of it. You know, that we get to see it happen, you know, and, and the Remnant podcast being an extension of that. Because not everybody's going to be able to make it out to the church. So it's like, oh, this is like what we're learning. So this is where we're going to extend out to you guys. Mm. You know. And you've been going there for how long? Uh, one, two, so four years now. Four years. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was, it's been quite a journey. And the crazy part about it was just like everything that me and Ali were able to learn from that journey to end up at City Reach. It was, I mean, at first it felt like it was, you know, hurtful. But then afterwards, it's like, no, we, we took and learned. And this is like, this is what we're not going to do. Like, if we're going to portray Christ, we want to make sure that we portray him to the full letter. When did it start feeling like home for you? Because I'm sure you guys weren't, you didn't just walk in and be like, hey, what's oh, no, it, it took us like a uh, good month, almost a month and a half before it felt like home. And it's like, once it, it, you know, it felt like home, it was like, boom, jumped into serving. You know, there's small things here and there, but, you know, it, it did feel like at home once we started serving and coming a part of the community, being part of the church. And you serve there as well? Yeah. yeah. So my roles there are, 
are many, but uh, my main roles are uh, uh, one of the leads for security, and I'm also uh, the armor bearer for our executive pasture. What does that mean? So as an armor bearer, um, it's taken from the, the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, as you may know, may or may not know, like from the story of David, uh, King Saul, he had an armor bearer, so he wasn't always by himself. He saw any time that he would go into battle, like the king wasn't going to be full uh, with his armor full on before going into battle because that would be tiresome. Yeah, so carrying he, around the yeah, battle. So he would have somebody else carrying it for him, hence bearing the armor for him to have it ready whenever he was ready to go to, go fight. And it's just uh, that's what you do for your pastures. Like you're there in the battle, battle spiritually and then um, – Physically, you're there, you know, making sure that if, when they're preaching or they're meeting with somebody that they don't have to, like, think about doing other stuff like go get coffee or, you know, what the Bible is and different things like that. So that's essentially what the the role of uh, armor bearer does is, like, making sure that the pastor is covered at all times. Mm. That's cool, man. Well, what are you reading in your own personal devotion? Right now, I'm jumping between uh, the Book of Acts and uh, and Romans, which I mean, I know they're like back, you know, back to back books, but also then jump into a little bit of the Psalms as well, just to because it, I, to me, I just felt led like this is like the season that we're in as a church, like you know, the Book of Acts, how that came about, especially in chapter two, and then like what. The book of Romans, like Paul just depicting like how it is to basically conduct yourself as a Christian, you know what I mean? Like not to be ashamed of the gospel and to be able to like, you know, fully live out your life as a Christian, but sacrificing your flesh because it's no longer you who you live for, but you live for Christ. Right. And how do you think that that looks like? And we talk about like all Christianese fancy words, but what do you yeah, think? Yeah. That? Sorry about the burn, my guy. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Actually, I like the burn. Let's me know my life. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I know, right? I need to feel pain to feel yeah. something. Feel the burn. <laughs> so, how do you think that plays out in everyday life? Everyday life is, I mean, it's very simple and very practical, but yet for a, a lot of believers, it seems like it's almost not difficult or impossible to do, but it's kind of like throwing the back burners, waking up, getting in prayer and making sure that you you kill your flesh, mm-hmm. meaning that your wants are not what's coming first. I was reading this book about about that. It's, it was essentially saying, I'm not going to give you the full full thing because I can't remember it. I mean, but, do I? <laughs> but it was saying, you know, living for Christ, I want to do that. Living for Christ, it isn't looking at the things that you can't do, but rather by doing so, you're, you're saying like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, you know, because I'm a Christian or because, you know, whatever, the Bible says this. Mm-hmm. Rather, we should live in a way where it's, not that I can't do this, but because I can do something other that would honor God more. That's, that's the, the route we should take. 
I mean, one way you could put it too is uh, our, our pastor mentioned this in the, in the episode too is that all things are are permissible, mm-hmm. but not all things are beneficial to you. Right. So what what is it that you're you're thinking of doing? Is it gonna benefit you in your walk with Christ? Is it gonna benefit you in your relationship with uh, your spouse? You know, like what what does it do for you? Does, or does it just please you and gratify you instantly for yourself? You know what I mean? It's like for me. I've have found more freedom and restrictions than I ever did when I was out in the world, man. Meaning, like, me restricting myself from viewing certain things, watching certain shows, I have found more freedom because now it's like I'm taking up that time to be with my wife, be with my kid, or, you know, doing something else that would be eaten up by, that, by watching certain shows. And not even, I, I agree. And not, I think it goes past that too, and that's what I'm talking about. Like this negative, negative view, as opposed to like a positive view. It's not necessarily that like things are bad per mm-hmm. se, even though some are. I'm not saying they aren't. What I'm, what I'm saying is you could probably. What you're saying is we could probably be more productive if we don't watch a certain show, or if we don't waste an hour, you know, watching YouTube or going down a rabbit hole of some videos or right you know, for you know sure I mean? it's like we, we could plan out our days better right and, and not and not to say you know the temptations are there but i say that the i have more freedom within the restrictions because now i'm not surrounded by those temptations like in meaning like the temptation temptations from my old life mm. like uh, i was telling louie too it was like Man, in my past life, like I belong to the streets, man. Like this should have not. <laughs> I'm like I was, I was a hoe, and so I had to restrict. My, I had to choose to restrict myself from viewing certain things because, you know, we're being honest. Like sin is fun. That's what uh, attracts to our flesh. Hey, we're, it, we're not in the business of being honest around here. Right? Oh, okay. Need to tell me something sweet. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want the sweetness? No thanks. Uh, <laughs> and so that's where that choosing to to restrict um, brings more freedom because now it's like I don't I don't have to worry about this temptation because I'm not putting myself out there. You're not to feeding, be tempted. You're not feeding the dog of temptation. Right. You're, you're, you're trying to feed the righteousness. Exactly. Which is a fancy word of saying something that's God honoring, right? And it's going to benefit not just you but everybody around you. Exactly. But it also, you have to be honest with yourself. Like, you have to know your flesh. You can't just do it and like, oh, all right, this worked out for, for Johnny, so I'm going to do it too. Not because what, it, what works for Johnny doesn't work for Danny. Mm-hmm. What works for Danny doesn't work for Johnny. God's personal, man. Exactly. And so you have to tailor those restrictions to you. You have to be honest with yourself with what your flesh and what your temptations are. Now, if you want to sweep those under the rug and be you know, all secretive about it, then you still you're gonna find yourself in a really bad situation real quick, and it's like it's gone to such a such a place where people end up losing their families over it. Where I mean, the sad sad thing to say, like they've chosen to take their own lives over it. But it, again, it's being honest with yourself, giving yourself the ability, the opportunity to be vulnerable, and having somebody that can hold you accountable. And I'm not talking about like a pro officer, like, oh, you know, this is what I'm going to do today and this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. No, like when you're having those weak moments, you reach out like, hey, you know what? Um, I saw a homegirl walking down the street today and you know what I mean? Like it caused me to 
want to go watch this? Like, yeah, are you free to chit chat for a little bit? Because I ain't trying to go down down that route. So it's it's uh, talking with people who you know you feel are close to you within with within a certain aspect, right? Like, because you could go talk to anybody, right? You get yeah, friends no, on they, the street they have who want to listen to you. But what I'm saying is like you have to find people who you feel close enough who are going to lead you towards the right way as well. Right. You have to examine your walk. You have to examine their walk. And then and that it leads up to like, I'm going to trust this person with every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Like every, every single thing that I ever done or are going to do, mm-hmm. I trust them with it that they're going to hold this hold it to themselves, but they're going to hold it to hold me accountable. Like, they know the password to my phone kind of deal. That's a scary thing, man. If you're talking about, you know, this culture of everybody thinking that they got themselves right, like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, then that flies across the face of that whole ideology. So it it does. How do you, how did you find these people? Falling on my face? Falling. (laughs) No, like legit, like messing up, falling on my face. Tripping on my on my own boots because my bootstraps were loose, <laughs> you know, and, and reaching out because I, I needed help. Like, let me ask you, how hard was that first step? Oh, it was reaching? extremely excruciating. But it, I knew it's either I reach out and let them know, like, hey, this is what I'm going through, and this is what would happen, or I hold it to myself, try to put it all together myself and probably lose my family. Mm. It's like, so what, what am I going to do? Doesn't it make you think like, how crazy is that? And I'm not in any way, shape or form judging because I have my own problems, but it I makes, feel like you, judging me right now, it makes you think about like, sorry, man, I, I tend to have that effect sometimes. <laughs> it makes you think about like people who do choose themselves over the family. Like, like for instance, like deadbeat dads. Like how? Like after having kids, how could you not want to be a part of that? Kids is like, well, it, you have to go back to the root. That deadbeat dad, did he have a dad? And then that deadbeat dad's dad, did he have a dad? Right. So, and well, then when you start going, when you start going down the line, you see that he didn't have an example of what a dad was. Mm-hmm. So he was scared. I mean, yeah, you have two ends of the two extremes of the spectrum, though. You have the one where like. My dad was a Debbie dad, so I'm not going to be a Debbie dad to my kids. And then the other one was like, well, this is what he did, so I'm going to do it too. Where do you draw the line where it's like, yes, they probably have a history, right, of not having a dad, for mm-hmm. to say, and breaking that where you can't use that for an excuse anymore? Because at some point, you have to be responsible and adult. Yeah. You can't blame everything on what you might have had or might not have had. Well, are you, are we talking about somebody that it's willing to step up, or are you talking about like just excusing them? Like, oh, this is the reason why they did it. I'm asking you that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, because because um, we're talking about people who you know for whatever reason you're talking about the root checking the roots. Right. So uh, it's like every, like that, I said, everybody has a story. So I mean, right? Not giving the, not giving you like saying the, examine the root for mm-hmm. for an excuse, but the reason why they did it. Right. Sorry. So now it's like, is he like coming back into the picture or not? Like that, it's so many variables. But at the end of the day, it's like you have to give grace. You have to give mercy. Yeah. 
and it's in that that you hope that this person chooses to to surrender to selfishness, like not to surrender to selfishness, but to surrender that selfishness and be selfless. Dropping everything over here. Yeah. <laughs> we had a fake on people. Oh man! But so that's where like you gotta look back and like you know how far like well. Uh huh. Go ahead. How much mercy did God give you? How much grace did God give you before we came? That's a tough question, man. Like I said, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just because I think about people that I know who, you know, for whatever reason they didn't have a dad, but still continue down that path. So it's like, how long can you milk? that i'm not saying it's not real hurt and that doesn't play a serious effect or well you can milk it really far man you can well, milk it real good i'm like how long can you play yourself though like you let's say you grew up eating mcdonald's because that's what your parents can afford but now you're an adult with two jobs and you still choose to eat mcdonald's like how much of it is still your parents fault what well, and at that point is no longer well now you're asking a different question because now you're asking like is he, you know, is he doing that out of choice or is he doing that out of an excuse because that's what his parents did? Evidently, we all make a choice. So now it's a choice. He's making a choice based off of what he knows. But now is he wanting to learn something new? That's where it's like, the real question is like, are we able, are we teaching so that they know different? Or as a community, is the church, they see church willing to reach out to these men to teach them different because it's happening within the church and uh, church walls too isn't it uh, out in the, in the city in the community i'm under no illusion that it's uh, us versus them mentality right god starts in the person first right starts in his church first of course and so if you have men that are willing to reach out to these young men to teach them different then that's when you'll see the change out of your opinion, why do you why do you think that isn't the case? Mm. I feel I've seen and I feel because of pride. Simple word pride. As far as what? Everything. Because if you're teaching this man that yeah, this is not the way to do it. It's because you're putting your pride aside. You have to actually put your pride aside and say, I'm willing to help you. I'm going to be vulnerable with you so you know how to be different. I'm going to put my pride aside and say, oh, I've messed up in this area too, so this is how I came out about it. You know what I mean? So pride and ego within the male community has been a big poison. Because of our pride, we haven't reached out for help. Because of our pride... We haven't said, hey, this is what hurt me. This is where the areas that I need to grow in because I was hurt as a kid. Because of pride, we haven't taken the time to say, I need to grow in these areas. How do I come about it? We haven't given ourselves the chance to learn more, to be more, to grow together. That's why. Mm. A good note to end on, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming through, my guy. Appreciate gosh. you, Johnny. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you.